Yeah. They calling me controversial. I don't know why, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. They're indoctrinating kids with lies. It's just evil in disguise. They say that it's love, but they lie. They say that they're girls, but they're guys. Or they say they have no gender. From guy sports to girls with their winners. From now on, I identify as a ninja turtle. Where's Master Splinter? They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial. Jesus was controversial. Paul was controversial. Elijah was controversial. Yeah, telling the truth is controversial. Welcome to the Map Up Show. It's great to have you with us today. And I tell you what, it's just craziness everywhere. And we say adios America. The small band-aid named Title 42 has come off tomorrow. It's coming off tomorrow. And man, they are lining up. Gunfire already being heard at the border, which is just remarkably horrendous what's going on with this administration. We're going to get into this and a whole lot more from somebody who's actually been down there and watching everything happen with his own eyes. We're going to get to that in a, just a little bit with Todd Benzman. It's going to be quite a remarkable story. You guys don't want to miss that. Also, Donald Trump found guilty of battery. I mean, is there a court in this country in a liberal city where he's not up against something? I mean, you have a liberal jury there saying, oh, it wasn't rape. Well, the girls, the defendant said, or the plaintiff, I guess. Yeah, the plaintiff said he raped me and it was awful. And even though it was five years ago or, or no, the story came out five years ago. Statue of limitations gone on this case. Said so it didn't rape her, but it was sexual assault. And they awarded the girl uh, $5 million, which is going to be quickly up for repeal because uh, appeal because no rape, number one. Uh, statue of limitations number two <clears throat> and this liberal jury in new york deliberated less than the george floyd or not the george floyd than the uh kenosha shooter uh the kenosha driver daryl brooks they delivered less and daryl brooks was all kinds of video evidence that he did it and he admitted that he did it and even said his name wasn't daryl brooks anymore just because he didn't want to be uh, associated with the murderer who he was inside himself. But I know they had, you know, 84 counts in Kenosha, Wisconsin to deal with. And most of that time was probably going through the counts. But still, you're talking about a, a shorter deliberation because they just wanted to find ways to get Donald Trump. That's what they were trying to do. And they've utterly failed because the appeal is going to come out. And once again, here we go again, just as it was just a hit job. A president, right, cannot get a fair trial in this country because the juries either love him or hate him. You do a you do a jury trial, right, for a president, in, a Republican president in New York City, they have no shot at all. Even though in the bastion of liberalism, they said there was no evidence of a rape. There was no rape. <laughs> and that was what the whole thing was about. Oh, but he assaulted her and he defamed her. Oh, since when does defamation mean anything? The liberal media defames, tr defames Trump, conservatives, me, you, everybody else that believes in the Constitution and the Second Amendment, defame, defame, defame. But you have no chance of winning those cases. But you defame somebody by calling them a liar about a rape. Then you prove that they were lying about the rape. And then you still say they defamed her, that he defamed her, even though he lied about even though she lied about being raped, according to the jury. 
According to the jury, no rape. But the defamation because Trump called her a liar. Okay? This is just more hit jobs in a country. Meanwhile, the Biden crime family runs completely and utterly free. Media's concerned by the complicated, suspicious network of over 20 companies. We have identified the Bidens and their associates used to enrich themselves. Most of these companies were limited liability companies formed during Joe Biden's vice presidency. The bank records show the Biden family, their associates, and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals and their companies. Some of that money came from a Chinese company and went to Hunter Biden's company. Other transfers occurred with the help of Rob Walker, who then sent it on to different Biden family members. This is not how lawful businesses operate. No, it's not at all. And do you think their target with all these companies was to get access to Hunter Biden? <laughs> Absolutely not. Their target was Joe Biden. And the Republican House is on it with this case, but it's got to get him out of office. He's compromised, and we're seeing it with foreign wars, with the wide open border, which we're going to dive into like you've never heard before. But everything about this person is compromised. I mean, this explosive report, over $10 million in foreign money was sent to 20 shell companies and LLC LLCs created for the Biden financial benefit. James Comer, that was who you heard talking right there, uh, of the House Oversight Committee released new evidence to the Americans. He said that the Oversight Committee tweeted out, since, the, since taking the gavel in January, our committee has accelerated our investigation into the Biden's family, domestic, and international business practices. We want to update you on a few of our findings. And then the, they talk about the 20 companies the shell companies, the $10 million, and the funds were uh, were shuffled around various accounts. Ultimately, in the end, the money went to nine members of the Biden family. The, Biden fam the, the crime in the Biden family and the actual members of the Biden crime family keep growing. It was like his brother Jim and Hunter, and now it's nine Bidens. These companies merely existed to serve as a receptacle for hiding cash, and they saw no real purpose was except for these companies. Their purpose was to expand the Biden's influence peddling schemes overseas and to gain access to Joe Biden, who is completely now, now right now he's walking around a stage trying to figure out how to get off of it. Right. But there was a time where selling access to that seat in the vice presidency was a big freaking deal. And all these countries like Ukraine and the art dealings and whatever and the GoFundMe page that Hunter set up for himself because he said he can't afford his legal fees, all money laundering schemes is what they are. And it's been going on since he was a senator, since Biden set in the vice presidency, and now he's in the Oval Office as compromised as ever. Just ask the electric cars about where they're getting their nickel from. Okay. Why are we trying to shut down oil production and selling off our oil reserves here in America to China and pushing these electric cars? Because Joe Biden, the entity, is owned by China. It's just quite remarkable. We've got so much more to go, including this cavalier response 
from the propaganda minister at the White House. Current numbers that you're seeing right now. Look, I can't, I, I can't get into hypotheticals about the numbers and what they were going to be or going to be. That's not something I'm going to do here. What I can say is that we knew, clearly, we knew from the court that Title 42 was going to lift on Thursday. That's something that we were clearly very aware, aware of since, since earlier this year. We have put plans in place and processes in place to deal with this very moment. Even all right, we'll get to Mayorkas later because what he says is quite shocking as well. It's no big deal. We're just opening the border completely to foreign nationals, terrorists, rapists, murderers, drug uh, drug peddlers, gangs. We're just opening it all. And to the people that aren't any of those things, the not best of their country, they're just flooding in here. And instead of dealing with it, they're almost celebrating it. We're going to get into all this and more on the Matt Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear. Dog whoa, bed. whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35 or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game, and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Cost of living is skyrocketing and paychecks just can't keep up. But if you're lucky enough to be a public employee, you can give yourself a raise. Visit optouttoday.com and stop paying union dues. We've helped over 100,000 public employees just like you opt out and save an average of $1,000 per year. Opt out today and put more food, fuel, and fun back into your life. It's your money. You earned it. Visit optouttoday.com. Welcome back to the Map Up Show. It is great to have you. 
And uh, we're rolling along on this very, very big, important show, this live special that we're doing for you because the border has been bleeding and bleeding. And then liberal cities complain, oh, no, don't don't send them here. Just keep them down there. You know why? Because they want Texas to turn blue. They want Florida to turn blue. That's why the liberal cities don't want them. The sanctuary cities are saying, no, no, don't want it. Don't want it whatsoever. And then we got the Cavalier Attitude by uh, Mayorkas and the whole shenanigans gang over there. Deal with this very moment. Even after nearly two years of preparation, we expect to see large numbers of encounters at our southern border in the days and weeks after May 11th. We are already seeing high numbers of encounters in certain sectors. He's so excited about it. Oh, this is great. Two years of prep? What kind of prep have they been doing? We have a very special guest. It's a, it's featuring Todd Benzman, a journalist and U.S. intelligence officer who's been reporting on the border for two years, and he'll be down there reporting this week inside Mexico, just over the border town of McAllen, Texas, and talking about his. How to, you know, we're going to be talking about the ending of Title Forty Two, but we're not. We're not Fox and CNN and MSNBC. We're going to go inside the story. The the experiences that he has is just remarkable. Todd, um, welcome to the Matt Buff Show. It is great to have you. I want everybody to check out his new book. We're going to post the link on thebuffshow.com. Overrun, how the Joe by how Joe Biden unleashed the greatest border crisis in U.S. history. The little small stopgap that we had called Title Forty Two is gone tomorrow, Todd, and here they come. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm actually in Matamoros, Mexico, and I've been here for several days watching the immigrants by their hundreds and hundreds and thousands actually cross over, swim the river, and climb right up the riverbank into Texas, Brownsville, Texas. Orcas said that the border is not open. Uh, but, you know, don't believe my lying eyes about that. I've been videotaping uh, just huge numbers, just swarming right over thousands and thousands over that border already ahead of Title 42. It's not even over yet. And uh, you can see a lot of the video on my Twitter feed. Uh, I've been down here uh, exclusively. There's been no other media here. Uh, I'm all alone on this or have been up until today. But the um, uh, numbers are uh, very significant in the Matamoros to Brownsville area. And when I interview the immigrants and ask them, you know, why are you coming here? Why are you doing this? There's still Title 42 still in place. I mean, you could get rapidly expelled right back, maybe as far as Venezuela or somewhere else. Um, and the answer is uh, because they're letting us in. We have husbands, wives, cousins, neighbors, friends, acquaintances who just did this three days ago or a week ago, and they're living in New Jersey now. So we're coming for that. And it's just that simple. When the administration lets them in, they will come. It's just a really simple calculus. They'll spend the money and they'll come. And that's what they've been telling me for three days now. And this has been going on for quite some time. We're finding out today that some of these cases, 
when they get into the United States and their um, their citizen case or whatever you call the case where they're supposed to come back and see if they're here legally, they're they're spreading these out. Their adjudication cases out ten years, ten years. You'll never see these people again. Oh no! I mean, listen, the the game here is not to like actually get some kind of an asylum claim. Nobody is coming for that. They're coming because the act of claiming asylum gets them in. And then once they're in, they can disappear. They're here forever. You never have to worry about anybody coming after you again. Uh, not for years and years. Certainly not under the Biden administration, which has ended deportation from the U.S. interior almost entirely. So, you know, what we have is uh, a game that involves just get in just by hook or by crook, by this scheme or that scheme or this appeal or that appeal, whatever, if you're getting in, or even if just the, the, the facilities are swamped and overrun uh, and they can't process them, then we release them on personal recognizance and ask them that they will kindly report themselves later sometime in the next year. Uh, that's just a ticket to just disappear. So uh, that's really what the game is here. Everybody knows it. A lot better than the average American. Uh, and they know how to game it. And most of the Venezuelans, for example, that you see, uh, they're like, oh, my God, you, we can't send you back to Venezuela. That's terrible. It's, you know, there's a communist regime there. Well, very few of these Venezuelans are coming from Venezuela. They've been living for four, five, six, seven, eight years in other third countries safely and prosperously and happily, uh, but they're going to come in on a claim of asylum. We need protection from political persecution. We need humanitarian protection, uh, and nobody cares. Nobody asks. They never have to prove anything. It gets them in. Talk about, you, you talk about this in the book, but now this is just the most crucial time in our history as a country when it comes to that border. I mean, it's, it's remarkable that you're on tonight calling from Mexico, but just tell, tell about details of your own journey in the distant lands and how you brought the story home, including your experiences with smugglers and the indigenous tribal vi villages in Central America. You've, you've already touched on it a little bit, but you've been in there and you see what Kamala Harris calls the root problems that she never really addressed. She just throws money at the country and they say thank you and then they spend it horribly. But you've seen the root causes. Right. Uh, you know, the book Overrun, and it is the greatest by every metric, and I mean by far, smashed every single record in the U.S. history books uh, in terms of volume and er everything. Uh, we are in truly historic territory uh, when it comes to illegal immigration in this country, just in two years. Uh, but, you know, I go into the book, um, to talk, and in the book, I talk a lot about, uh, you know, these basic claims that uh, narratives, I guess you would call them the narratives, about like, you know, why are they coming here? You know, they must be fleeing something really terrible to go through all this trouble and spend all that money uh, to get here. And 
especially Guatemalans. Uh, you know, we've had, you know, hundreds of thousands of Guatemalans enter the United States uh, and claim asylum. So I thought I'd go back to the Central Highlands in one of my chapters, which is called Insane Asylum, uh, because all of this is just asylum fraud. It's mass asylum fraud. And um, they're claiming, oh, my God, political persecution because they're indigenous Indians. Uh, and so I go back and what I find is uh, these massive mansions that are going up everywhere in these small indigenous villages. Uh, why, uh, how are they able to build these uh, uh, mansions? The, they're sending their children to the United States because their neighbor with the money. And we're going to let our we're going to make sure that we get a mansion too. And so we're going to send our kids back. And they're saying, you know, we're going to, they're all coming home at some point. And we're all going to live together in this gigantic mansion, which is not an asylum claim that undermines your asylum claim. Uh, and so, you know, in these villages, I'm asking about political persecution. Nobody's got any stories of political persecution. It's just a big game. Everything that's going on that you see is is a piece of a big lie of a of a of a con job and we just allow it uh you know we're allowing you know thousands tens of thousands of immigrants in a month on humanitarian protection permits you get to apply in here in mexico on an app on a phone app like you would make a reservation at a restaurant it's called cbp1 and it turns out that, you know, we're handing out, uh, you know, those permits to 99% of everybody who applies for them and that there are no interviews being done whatsoever to verify whatever the humanitarian claim is. They're just letting thousands of people in on, on an app, uh, not knowing anything about them or their claims for humanitarian protection. Uh, I mentioned I'm here in Matamoros. I'm at a With Kyrgyzstanis, uh, also uh, Dagestanis. Uh, I've never met Dagestanis until this morning at breakfast. Uh, and these people, and Russians, and um, I met um, uh, people from, uh, what was that other country? I'm sorry, I'm, it's been a long day. Uh, people yeah. that are from all, all over the whole world are coming in. And I asked one of them through a, an app translation, you know, you know, what were, why are you coming? What were you fleeing? That's so terrible in, in Kyrgyzstan, which I looked up and there's nothing terrible about Kyrgyzstan, nothing. Um, and the answer was, and he typed it into the app. It said the door was open. That's it. That's we the root of the problem. Right. We open I know, the door. I know you have a counterintelligence background, but it seems kind of simple when you when you just talk to the people. <laughs> you just talk to the people and you can figure it all out. This is this is not complicated. Yes, there are root uh causes. There are, you know, you know, Haiti. Nobody wants to live in Haiti. Uh it's a terrible place. Everybody can kind of get that, but they're coming in on a law. That requires that you prove political persecution. And there isn't any of that. It's just a bad country. You don't get to come in on a political persecution claim 
because your country stinks. Yeah, stay back and fix your country. In years and years and years, they've been living happily in Chile and Brazil, working jobs, absolutely not persecuted whatsoever. And I asked them, why are you coming? And the answer is, well, because I can move a notch up. I can make more money. Uh, that is not political persecution. And yet all the Haitians are coming in here on political persecution claims. And I'll just add one more thing that when they do, when they do come in, they uh, throw their IDs on the riverbank. Uh, they discard their identifications from Chile and Brazil because if they bring those in, they don't get asylum. They won't get it. So they, they toss it. And I can fill grocery bags with those identifications that have been discarded, grocery bags in 10 minutes with those things. That's what I call mass asylum fraud and it's abuse and we're just idiots. Well, you're exactly right, but I think they're doing it on purpose. It looks idiotic, but I think they're doing it on purpose. I remember way back when Obama, there was Christian refugees trying to come here that were really being persecuted and killed by ISIS. And Obama said no, just like they said no to the Cubans coming here as well, because the Christians and the Cubans don't vote Democrat. It was just about building their voting base. The whole country's suffering for it. We've seen murder. Uh, yeah. We've seen rape. We've seen theft from people coming across the border illegal, illegally. And everybody who crosses the border is here illegally. And the phony asylum claim nonsense is absolutely the biggest fraud in America since COVID. And also, last word to you, Todd, it's really not that hard to see they're trying to build a different America. That's what they're trying to do. Well, and if I can add to that, uh, you know, I just point out that there is a, uh, a migrant advocacy industrial complex, big constellation of, uh, you know, organizations that when there is a mass migration crisis, they cash in hundreds of millions of dollars in federal contracts are going to these organizations to uh, so that they can help manage the mass migration crisis that they started. Those organizations are the ones that have sent their, uh, their employees to work in the Biden White House. Those are the ones that are in the Biden DHS and in the Biden State Department. They're coming from those migrant advocacy groups. So of course they would steer policy in a way that would uh, financially benefit their organizations. Uh, that's what it's all about. And I don't think we should lose sight of the fact that this is not much more complicated than we're lining our pockets like everybody else does. It's quite remarkable. There's so many more stories. We could spend hours with Todd, but he's been out there talking to these people coming here illegally all day. He's tired, but you guys got to check out the book, Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. And it's just, you guys got to check it out. Todd Benzman from down in Mexico, live on the show tonight. Thanks for the update. Let's talk again in a couple of weeks after the small, tiny little Band-Aid has been ripped off. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
All right. God bless you. Stay safe down there, man, because we heard this down there today, too. This was just a few hours ago. I'll bring it back real quick. These gunshots on the border weren't too far from you. Gunshots all over the Texas-Mexico border. And in just a second, you'll you'll pan the camera down. You'll see the the truck right there with the gunship, with the gun flag on top. And they're just firing weapons. It's just real quick. I forgot to get your take on that. I'm sorry, but that was quite remarkable today. The people and the gunfire today. Yeah. Well, in Matamoros, they have, uh, we've had a lot of uh, cartel gun battles over the past week. Uh, a Mexican military had surged troops here and apparently they did. So, um, Tomorrow morning, I'm going right to where that gun battle was. Not not on purpose, but it's just part of my plan. So I will be right there tomorrow. Okay. Well, you stay safe, man. And you protect yourself out there. You got to do you. it. And we'll talk to you soon. God bless you. This time for real. We'll see you next time. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. Very good, everybody. Todd Benzman, he's down in Mexico. Everybody check out the book, Overrun. How Joe Biden unleashed the greatest border crisis in U.S. history. We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. We're going to the Federalist next. A lot more to come. Satellite phone store. What's the latest? So we've got the off the nine triple five off the power grid special today. Uh, this bundle includes the nine triple five satellite phone, uh, twenty watt solar panel, Faraday bag. I know your favorite. Yeah. And, <laughs> I feel like one of those market salesmen. Hey, <laughs> we're gonna throw in an EcoFlow uh, power bundle pack as well. So um, this is like two grand for all of this stuff today for your viewers, Matt, is free with activation, just 119 a month for 24 months, gives you 100 minutes for your sat phone and you get all of this stuff thrown in. So this is really an incredible deal. As you know, the sat phone will keep you connected. The solar panel is going to keep your sat phone recharged. The Faraday bag is going to protect you from all these spies, which are everywhere now, apparently. Um, And the power bundle, this thing is just absolutely awesome. This thing, you can plug anything in for this from regular, as you can see on the front here, regular plugs, USB, what have you. And when the power goes down, and I know it happens a lot there in Florida, uh, this little device here will provide up to 90 hours of time. And it, of course, depends on what you're using. But anything with a plug, you can plug it right in. You can throw it in the back of your car, take it with you camping. Absolutely incredible. And a free with activation today, Matt. So power connection the whole works everybody check out sat123.com imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you who is it the irs guess what they want your money and they can take it all of it if they want so what do you do you fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the irs so you can keep your money Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Are you a public employee? Tired of paying union dues when inflation and gas prices are out of control? Opt out today and keep your money. Over 100,000 American workers already have, and you can too. Visit optouttoday.com to learn more. 
Has your heater busted? Computer crashed? Appliance broken? Then you need ARW Home. Life's been pretty worry-free since I got coverage with ARW Home. Don't waste thousands of dollars on air conditioning, appliance repair, and replacements. Save that money with ARW Home. Protection plans that cover household appliances, systems, and electronics. My air conditioning broke on a Sunday. I called ARW, and they came out and fixed it right away. Get your free quote today. Call or go to ARWHome.com now. Welcome back to the Man Buff Show. Great to have you with us. After watching Joe Biden mumble around the stage, after listening to all the information about the Biden crime family, it's no wonder. And and don't don't forget the border we just went over right down there in Mexico where we were just talking to our special guest, the inflation, the gas prices. I mean, shall we go on? Everything's a mess with this guy, right, baby formula moms? It's just remarkable. So Robert F. Kennedy, right here, here's his book, right here, The Real Anthony Fauci, he signed it for me, and uh, The Real Anthony Fauci. Now, he's a he's a liberal Democrat, right? But man, was he right on, on Fauci and COVID. <laughs> so there, we found some common ground there, but we're going to go over to The Federalist, and we've got a special article with our special guest here, Sam Mangold Lynette on The Matt Buff Show. Everybody check him out on The Federalist. And uh, boy, does he got a script. Uh, this is on the Young Voters, Young Voices page, too. Samuel is a staff editor at The Federalist and 2022 Claremont Institute uh, Publis Fellow. Per uh, previously, he was a weekend editor for The Blaze. He's just tearing it up, and he made time for us tonight. Sam, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Okay, I love this. Uh, I love this article that you put out there. Exhausted Republican voters should be more skeptical of RK, uh, RFK Jr. We got a pretty deep bench on our side, I think, but you said it right in your subheader. The longtime liberal Democrat is an environmental activist who may, must placate his party's radical left-wing ba base to beat out Biden. So that would not be good for the country either, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm prone to agree with that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So tell us your story and uh, what where you see this because he kind of came out of the gate pretty strong. RFK Jr. Uh, yeah, RFK Jr. He came out of the gate pretty strong, um, jumped about twenty points. But um, liberals aren't going to support this guy. Yeah. So right out the gate, you know, after announcing, he took about nineteen to twenty percent, uh, depending on which poll you're looking at. Just average about twenty. Uh, Marion Williamson, after she announced, four to five to six, uh, but. You know, RFK, uh, he's not a rabid leftist. I mean, Joe Biden isn't necessarily either, but the base of the Democratic Party right now is very much leftist. You know, it's it's identitarian politics, it's gender theory uh, cultists, it's people who push CRT across the country in order to shore up support of the coalition that is necessary to get the Democratic Party's nomination. You have to embrace these things. And Republicans who are interested in RFK Jr. because of his um, skepticism over COVID, uh, because of him speaking out against Big Pharma, um, you know, he's not, you can't support him if you're a, public, a registered Republican in the Democratic primary, but there might be people who are interested in crossing the aisle to support him, potentially, if he becomes the nominee. He still would have to support, you know, up to birth abortion and a slew of radical energy policies, which he is a, a longtime advocate of in the first place. He's not a conservative's ally in really any meaningful sense. 
No, not at all. Absolutely not. And now the problem is, is there's a, there's people that voted for Joe Biden because they didn't like Trump, but they consider themselves Republicans, right? Right. So where do they go from here? Because they can see now what Biden's really made of. They can't go and support that guy, but they might not still like Trump. So is this a time for a DeSantis is, is what you're saying? Um, well, I'm not, no, this isn't like an official 2024 now, uh, uh, endorsement or anything. Uh, I think it's more so that, um, no, there is a lot of, uh, fatigue amongst Republicans in general. I think there's a lot of fatigue politically across the country. Um, I think people just don't really know where to go. Um, amongst Republican voters, there's still a huge amount of support for, uh, president Trump. There's also a lot of, uh, uh Ron DeSantis is also an extremely popular governor. And should he announce his candidacy, uh, you know, polls show he's, uh, he would pull about the same as RFK Jr. is pulling compared to Joe Biden. So I don't particularly know where Republican support would go. All polls indicate Trump is still, you know, the, the hegemon in the Republican Party. So I'm prone to believe, based upon all available data, that if the primaries were held today, he would still be the nominee. But, you know, the prime, uh, Super Tuesday and the primaries are still a while out. We'll have to see what happens. It is. We're, we're a ways from that. And, you know, I thought DeSantis was pulling pretty well across the country, even though he hadn't announced yet. Um, RFK Jr. announced. But I want to point out something that you put in your article, um, this video of RFK Jr. talking about, well, you'll just check it out for yourself and we'll get Sam's take on the other side here. Be in jail. I think they should be enjoying three hots and a cot at the Hague with all the other war criminals who are there. What about politicians, uh, people who deny, who express skepticism? They're selling out the public trust. And, you know, I think those guys who are doing the, the Koch brothers bidding and who are against all the evidence of the rational mind are saying that global warming doesn't exist, that they are contemptible human beings, and that, you know, I wish that there were a law you could punish them under. I don't think there's a war, a law that you can punish those politicians under, but I, do I think the Koch brothers should be prosecuted for reckless endangerment? Absolutely. That's a criminal offense, and they ought to be serving time for it. All right. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate okay. it. Now, who is he talking about there? People that like Joe Biden and his crime family or people that, um, you know, run around stealing th and uh, jumping in front of trains and doing, nope, he was talking about people who don't support global warming. So the right. same guy that signed this book for me says I should be in jail because I'm not a climate alarmist. Exactly. And he's very much in, in particular, you know, he's very anti, you know, fossil fuel, anti oil, anti coal. He's very much uh, he's made his career being a, a corporate um, attorney for environmentalist purposes. He's done a lot of, as you can tell in that video, a lot of pro bono uh, green activism. Uh, he's very pro solar and wind energy. He's not even, he, he's very anti-damming and hydroelectric energy in that. And he's anti-nuclear. Uh, his energy activism in and of itself is a little contradictory because he's very pro green energy, but isn't anti, but wants to kind of slow walk how we get there. The technology isn't there. And the subsidy process would kind of contradict his ideology in and of that, in and of itself. Well, you talk about also in the speech, his announcement speech, and this is quoting your your article, which we're going to post on the uh, website. His announcement speech focused on achieving cultural renewal and America togetherness by fighting things against like corporate captive media and the government in ways RFK Jr. sounded more like a government skeptical Republican than a leftist identity politics obsessed Democrat. It's pretty remarkable when you hear that speech, he didn't sound like what he sounds like on other things all the time. 
Right. And, you know, the, the, the book you held up, uh, the Anthony Fauci book, you know, since since COVID, he's been speaking a lot of really important truths, um, particularly about, you know, the, the intersection of government power and corporate cronyism. And I think he ought to be, you know, applauded for speaking those truths because uh, he doesn't really have much to gain from doing so. He's really isolated himself in a lot of regards, but he still is at his heart is a, a liberal Democrat. He still believes in this, this, this very, um, frankly, unhinged environmental uh, ideology. So it, it's kind of, you can't really square that circle because he does believe in a lot of core tenets of the Democratic Party's larger platform. He just doesn't necessarily believe in, you know, gender ideology, which nobody really did up to like nine months ago. Um, that's a very <laughs> radical cutting edge thing that nobody really endorsed until it was, you know, convenient to endorse it. Yeah. It, it, it's weird that um, you got to ask a, a leftist, you got to say, where do you draw the line on right and wrong? I'd really want to ask them that when they started embracing men playing against women in sports, men beating up on women. And uh, first of all, kids, when kids, when it comes to kids and chopping things off of kids, I mean, they just don't seem to have a wrong answer for anything. Right. Um, your take on that real quick, too, because you, when you brought that up, it's just remarkable. It's just shocking how fast a weird and crazy thing like transgenderism for kids and, and even adults took off so fast. Right. Um, well, I think I think it's reprehensible. Uh, I think it ought to be stopped. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about how uh, transgenderism ought to be allowed or embraced for people, you know, obviously should be stopped for people under 18 across the board. Um, and there's talk about how it ought to be embraced or rather permitted for people, you know, who are adults and beyond 18, but that's still a very unhealthy cultural phenomenon. It's, it, there's a great cultural sickness for people who want to cut off perfectly healthy body parts because there's something in their, in their, it's wrong in their heart or their soul or their mind that tells them there's something wrong within their body. There's something metaphysically wrong within them. Our society is very disordered in that regard. So it's going to take a lot of great introspection as a society to resolve that. I, I clearly don't have the answer. I don't think we have that answer on, on a macro basis. It's going to take a generational fight to solve that, unfortunately. What really baffles me is how quickly it got out of hand. You know, uh, granted, I think these seeds were sown way back in the day with the sexual revolution. And I think we're just now reaping those crops that grew. But I think it's going to take a lot of heavy lifting and a lot, unfortunately, a lot of suffering until people really realize what has happened. And I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing, too. And it seems like it's we look at it happening so fast, but it does seem to be getting worse before it gets better. And for the for it to get better, we have to recognize that we're celebrating people with a sickness in their head. That's what we're celebrating. And anybody who wants to put this on children is just they're not a cousin of pedophilia. You know what I mean? It's just weird that somebody would want to talk sex or chop things off of children. That's very strange. Samuel Mangold Linnett, I want to get your last word on this article, which is just phenomenal. Um, you, you wrap it up by saying Republican voters desperate for someone to rein in the federal government and it's merry band of corporate uh, never do wells out of keep looking. Um, he has no chance where you talk about the uh, deep entrenched political allies when we're talking about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. No chance at all. They love lockdowns. They love the trans thing that we were talking about. 
they absolutely love Anthony Fauci. This guy will not ever win a Democratic nomination, but then he's way too crazy for Republicans to support him either. Yeah, well, uh, I appreciate you um, uh, spreading the article. It means a lot. Uh, thanks for having me on. And, you know, like you said, he, do he doesn't really have a chance at all. The Democratic Party has solidified itself behind Joe Biden. They're not even even holding debates. And in order for RFK Jr. to even get a chance at you know, gaining any of Joe Biden's base, he has to embrace the lunacy of the left. He just doesn't have a chance. So Republicans ought to really figure out where their priorities lie. And if that's, you know, social and economic conservatism, RFK is not your guy. Nope, that's exactly right. So we're back to the drawing board on that one. Sam, keep up the great work and thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been great. All right. Thank you. God bless. And uh, we'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. One exciting segment to go. I tell you what, we've been talking about the border. We've been talking about national politics, the 2024 race. We want people to pay attention to what's going on your local level, too, because that's where these things start from. Just like Sam was talking about, it breeds from disastrous um, election offices on the local level. We're going to dive into that with a special guest. You guys have been missing on this show. She used to be a partner on this show. Gee, who could we talk about? Who could we be talking about? Stay with us. About the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. It's time to convert and sell more with the best tools made for small, medium, and large businesses to grow online. With JJC Marketing Solutions, you can grow with do-it-yourself, easy website and funnel builder, or they will build it for you. More options at your fingertips with JJC Marketing Solutions. Not only do you get the best state-of-the-art website, but also comprehensive sales funnels, CRM tools, and powerful search engine optimization. No matter where you are, they can help you grow your business with affordable online marketing solutions. Get weekly reports, dashboard access, and full transparency to see how your keywords are growing. Start building your online presence today. JJCMarketingSolutions.com. That's JJCMarketingSolutions.com. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, 
Call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-663-7154. That's 877-663-7154. Again, 877-663-7154. Welcome back to the Mapbox Show, rocking along on this amazing night right before our country says adios, America. But it does start on the le- uh, local level. Let's go to our good friend and former partner on the show. And she's still tearing it up around town, blonde patriot Brittany Walker. Great to see you again. Welcome back to the show. It's great to be back. How are you doing, Matt? Oh, doing good. It's been a while, but it's always something crazy going on. We'll text sometimes and we'll be like, can you believe that just happened? <laughs> I know. I feel like you and I are always texting back and forth about anything from federal level politics to local level. So there's definitely a lot going on. There's never a shortage of the drama going on in the political sector in America. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. One thing that happened in Seminole County, our county, and we want everybody around the country that watches us on Roku TV and Rumble Live and everybody, just take a look in your own backyard sometimes. Because even in Fre- in Florida, where we had this massive red wave, in our county, we actually lost the school board. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And that was a really strange thing that happened because we swung really far right for a purple county in every other race besides school board, which we swung hard left for. And, you know, everyone has their opinions on why that happened. But I think it was a mixture of a very disorganized local Republican Party that didn't know how to organize behind candidates. And I also think that it had a lot to do with the other side being the complete opposite of that and being very organized behind their candidates. Yeah, that's right. Well, we didn't have candidates that anybody was excited about, I don't think. I can't I can't even remember who they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a bunch of people piled into into different races. So, you know, while the Democrats are very organized in selecting one candidate to run in each in each race. We, on the other hand, had two or three Republicans in each school board race, so it was an easy way for them to take to take uh, an election victory. Yeah, how do we fix something like that? Because I had three kids, I have three kids in the Seminole County public school system, and I just find it remarkable because I was very intrigued that this happened this way. Uh, I wish I had the answers on how to fix it because it's going to take. It's going to take a lot. It's not going to be just be, you know, an organized local party, which we are even further from currently than, you know, we were back then. Our Republican Party here locally is a complete disaster. And on top of that, we have um, a sheriff, Seminole County Sheriff, who does not support the Guardian program in our schools. Um, he does not support constitutional carry. He, uh, you know, we're basically the only, we, actually, we are the only county in Central Florida that does not participate in the Guardian program. And I don't know if you've been uh, kept up on the news, Matt, but Lake Mary just had a, a mass shooting threat last week. Um, and then about two or three weeks before that, the entire school was vandalized with uh, spray paint and uh, the, the doors were glued shut glass was broken. Um, so, and that's at Lake Mary high school, which is my backyard. That's actually the high school that my kids would be zoned for. So, um, our schools are crumbling and we don't really have a lot of leadership, uh, starting from the very top that's helping us. And these crazy people that want to shoot up kids, what do they always look to look what happened in Nashville? They look for the soft, the soft spots, the, uh, not just, first of all, the most dangerous place in America is a gun-free zone. 
and, yeah. and the schools are gun-free zones, and they're the most vulnerable of our society too, which is children and teachers. And yet I saw in uh, my uh, middle son's high school, Oviedo, they put out an ad for a uh, school safety officer. They, mm. They're taking management into their own hands. I like that because the left-wing leadership, which is going to take four years to cure, four years of this garbage we got to deal with in this school system here, right, with, yeah. the, with the school board, from Beeman down to the other lefties, four yeah. years to cure that, and that's if we do everything right. That's it. Yeah. And that's the thing is that we have to get really organized behind the new school board candidates, whoever we put up. Now, I'm not sure. We have two, um, you know, conservatives left up there. We have Amy Pennick and we have Abby Sanchez. Um, the talk is that they're both looking for bigger seats for 2024. If that happens, then, you know, we have new candidates running. And so I have had the conversation with Amy, especially that um, whoever it is that we put in these races, we have got to get organized behind them, including the, you know, the incumbents or the people who are leaving office and going and running for bigger seats, you know, Amy and, and Abby, they both need to get behind whoever it is that we're going to support so that we don't have a situation like we did in 2022. Well, we got to do like the Democrats do. We almost have to have a primary. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to have just a little primary, but that can't happen when the Seminole County Republican leadership is just a mess and there's infighting. Um, we've got two people on two different sides. Tell me about this this problem here. So and let well, it loose. Say whatever you want. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, well, Matt, you and loose. I have a you and I have a history with a man named Bruce Cherry, who yeah. uh, was with Salem Media. He was actually our broker or our rep for the radio show that you know we had negotiated and um, we were paying a lot of money for, and. Um, so we already had an experience, uh, several experiences with him that were less than stellar, I would have to yeah. say. Uh, we were less than impressed with him as a representative, as a salesperson, and as and as a leader. It was even it was unimaginable for me to even see him in a leadership uh, from a leadership perspective. But give it, you know, he so the elections for the chairman and vice chairman come up, and my good friend Kelly Shulson, who pretty much ran my political campaign for me in 2022. She did a very good job. Um, she had voice that she wanted to run for chairman. And so I put all my support behind her. Um, I think she would have done a phenomenal job as chairman. She really had a great idea. She had a great business plan to run the, the local rec. And so we get there for the elections. We thought the biggest competitor was actually going to be uh, Castleberry Commissioner Mark Bush because Corey Mills had put all of his support behind Mark Bush. Well, it turns out Mark Bush was less than a threat. Um, he came in third place. And this guy out of nowhere named Bruce Cherry, who, you know, don't forget in 2018, I think it was, or no, 2016, whatever term it was, no, it wasn't 2016, 2012, voted for Barack Obama, okay, and was actually formerly a Democrat, steps up to the plate and decides he wants to run for chairman of the Republican Executive Committee. Now, that's all fine and dandy, but he makes his speech, and his speech is very, um, you know, it's very enthralling. He says things like, I'm not a politician, I don't want to be a politician, I'm just here because I want to do what my God-given purpose in life, which is to lead Republicans to victories. I mean, there's a very good speech. And so he ended up winning chairman. Um, and so Kelly then decided to run for vice chairman. She wins vice chairman. Um, I congratulated both of them. You know, I wanted to see them work together. I think that, you know, I actually left that meeting, even though Kelly had lost the chairman uh, election because she won, the, she won vice chairman, I left feeling pretty good. 
you know, yeah. and I, I, I congratulated both of them. It took only a week or two for Bruce to shut down the email, uh, tell Kelly Shilson, the vice chairman, that she is not allowed to send any type of correspondence out to any member of the Republican executive committee. Then he sells the rights of other voters at the most recent uh, Republican executive committee because he's part of an organization called Grassroots for America, which is a nonprofit, um, nonpartisan, nonpartisan group that has actually been set up in Seminole County to sabotage the Republican Party. They are undercover Democrats. I've been saying this for probably three years now. The group leaders, Robin Siebold, Bruce is her puppet. And so this is what's happening right now. Robin has put Bruce in this seat. Um, he is, she is the puppeteer. Uh, their goal is to get the information, the, the contact information, the address, the phone number, everything from every Republican voter in Seminole County so that they can then bring them into their group to do God knows what. So we don't really know what's going on, but um, I can tell you that we're under, like definitely the, in, the internal local parties under attack from um, I, what I would call, I guess, controlled opposition. You know, it, it's made to look like they're Republicans. So they're bringing Republicans into their group and then they're teaching them all kinds of crazy stuff. So um, they are wanting to censor the voices of the other board members. And it's just overall a terrible situation. So uh, we're all we can do right now, because the majority of the rec right now is primarily grassroots members, all we can do is try to grow our membership base by people from outside of this grassroots organization that are Republicans to try to offset the damage that they're creating right now. Well, I've met a lot of great Republican leaders here in Seminole County. Um, I know Ben Parrish was involved in this, and I really respect that guy. Um, Linda Trocine, I've had great conversations with. There's a, there's a lot of great leaders. How did we get here to this purge of conservatism in the Republican Party in Seminole County, and how do we get out of it? Well, we're working, I mean, you know, the state committee woman, Linda Trostein, and the committee man, Jesse Phillips, are working, they are definitely working to get us out of the situation. Um, just today, they had a board vote to restore Kelly's access to um, the correspondent, the email correspondence with members. Um, Bruce immediately sent out a message to the, his membership saying that um, regardless of the vote, he does not want Kelly's access restored. And that he believes that all of anything that she wants to put out to the members should have to go through him. And then he will post the correspondence or he will email the correspondence to members. So he's already, even after an executive board vote, is still defying what was instructed for him to do. Um, so I see uh, what I see happening. I see him being removed from his position uh, sooner than later. Okay, good. That's the same guy that told me when we were doing our shows against the lockdowns that I could not run for school board and still be on Salem. He did. Wow. Yeah. And you know, here we are. Yeah. I mean, that's I just... personally think that he's a Democrat. I don't know how he got his job at Salem. I don't know how he is the chairman of the Republican Party when he openly admits that he voted for Obama twice. Um, so, and he, you know, the things that he's doing in this Republican executive committee, one of them being he's leading this, um, you know, abortion ban initiative through the rec, which is great as a, as a Republican, I oh. am, I am, you know, pro-life. However, there are other Republicans out there that do not support a 100% abortion ban. So when he's going super radical, in a purple county where we already have very centered conservative people that are part of this wreck, centered meaning they're not going to go for that. 
And so he's he has this lady named Vicky. I have no idea who she is. I'd never met her before prior, but she's leading these meetings. And it's, you know, just basically it's a it's a church meeting. It's her preaching from the Bible about why abortion is bad and why everyone needs to sign this form to send to Tallahassee, blah, 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 blah. But it is such a turnoff because it's just it, he's turning the wreck into church. And they're, you know, there's supposed to be some separation of church and state and politics, and he's trying to merge the two in our local rec meetings. And so I think it's going to be a recipe for disaster. DeSantis' six-week abortion ban that he signed was phenomenally done and mm -hmm. went through the proper channels, and he signed it. I was very proud of that. I personally think, yes, there should be no abortion, absolutely. But the six-week ban, that drove enough liberals out of here to make me happy. <laughs> and, me too. Yeah. and I think um, it has to be that, that, you know, that has to be an incremental approach. We can't just like, and even, it, it even does. Still, incremental. Tallahassee handle it. They have, they have a, a, you know, an agenda for it. I don't know why the local recs are trying to, you know, create this agenda for people to sign off on. And yeah. then they're spending 30 minutes of our rec meetings every time preaching from the Bible, you know, and I'm, I'm a Christian, but yeah. do I believe that that is, um, appropriate in a rec meeting absolutely not it's no, totally we, gotta, we gotta solve our problems with the community there and right. we'll go to church on sunday and what the problem is it seems like they're fighting a battle really hard and taking up that much time for something they know they can't win what are you gonna do as a county you're gonna ban abortion as a county exactly. and you can't do that so i mean you gotta yeah. go through the proper channels through tallahassee like you said and we did it we did it right. and we got there and we got the six weeks is it a total victory? No, but it's a 90% victory. Right. Six weeks is early in the in the term. You hear a heartbeat at seven. That's where they got the bill. You can you can see a heartbeat at seven weeks. So that's, right. that's how we got the bill. It was I common think sense that, and it saved lives. I think that the reason he's doing these things is 100% to take down the Republican Party. You know, and I think he's doing it under the impression that it's a good thing. It's a Republican value. Look at me. I want to ban abortion. I'm going to make this lady Vicky stand up here and preach from the Bible for 30 minutes to turn off all the Republican members. Because if he does that, guess what? Republicans stop showing up to these meetings. And then guess what? You have a disorderly Republican Party. You don't have people canvassing for candidates. And next thing you know, Republicans aren't winning in Seminole County. So I think it's a very... Um, intentional approach to sabotage the party. It's quite remarkable to see because it's happening. I mean, yeah. we have the infighting and dysfunction and we need to be organizing for the school boards. Tell everybody that's listening across the country, like uh, like right now on Getter, we got about almost a thousand and, and Rumble Live is even higher than that. People across the country, tell them what it means to be a wreck, what, what, what their job is to do and how, and how to be a better steward for the county. So their Republican executive committees are usually hosted on a county level. And the purpose of them is to organize uh, precinct committee men and women to go out and canvas for Republican candidates and ensure Republican victories in the county. Um, so it's ultimately an organization that just builds, you know, on voter registration to ensure that your county stays red. Um, they host voter registration events. It's just organized Republican events to make sure that your county either goes back red or stays, you know, red. And in our case, you know, the mission was to go back red because we had gone blue for president uh, back in 2020 for the first time since 1942. And we also went blue for a few other seats, I believe, um, for school board. And so 
our mission going into 2022 and 2024 is to go back red. And so it's very important that we get our rec organized. And it's very uh, concerning to see the direction that we're going currently. We got a Mitt Romney problem here. Big time. We got a Liz Cheney problem here. Big time. And there, and all those people that want to be fence sitters or, or even try to sabotage, you know, part of that legislation that you're talking about that they're, they're doing with half, with half the meeting and saying a complete abortion ban that hurts. It's not because their message is wrong. It's what you said. It's trying to destroy. It's, it's what it's trying division to do in the party. Um, yeah. you know, and another approach that was taken that was immediately shut down by Christian Ziegler, which is head of the Florida GOP. Um, Bruce, as soon as he got elected to chairman, put out this initiative to uh, endorse Donald Trump for president as soon as um, he heard word that DeSantis was running for office. Now, you know me, I'm the biggest Trump supporter out there. Like, I am a MAGA girl until <laughs> I die. Yeah, but, I remember. But like, quite memory of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From like a business perspective, from a party perspective, endorsing when you have multiple Republican candidates is a terrible idea. You're then creating, an, a, once again, it's creating divide. So all of his initiatives have very much created a division in the party. <clears throat> and I believe it's intentional. And I believe Salem Media should be very careful having him as an employee. Yeah, he's making us all look bad. I, it, you know, I, I love Trump. I do, I do. But you know who I like more sometimes is Ron DeSantis. Our governor <laughs> has done. I think yeah, ever since you and I gave him a boot in the ass when we were we calling did. him uh, King DeSantis during the initial in in March in okay March right remember March 2020 everybody's panicking what were Brittany and I doing she's marching the streets with people saying don't shut my business down she comes on the show and we start saying King DeSantis and he lightens up a little bit on that but you know he he actually turned out to be a great governor yeah he did um, I think and, he just had to see he had to see what was really happening he had to see what we already knew basically yes that this whole thing was a farce and it was just ridiculous to uh, put masks on kids and lock them in schools. And you were there on the front lines from the very beginning. And DeSantis really was one of the first governors across the country yeah. that got on board and say, you know what, there's a point. It was the church in Tampa. He's like, there's a point where there's constitutional rights versus safety and you got to go constitutional. And it was that church in, in Tampa that the cops go in there and try to shut the church down. Yeah, I think that was a big turning point for him. But what we have is, and you know what I, you know what I can't stand. And I've told you this before, more than a liberal Democrat, I can't stand a wishy-washy Republican who makes us all look bad because Democrats are hardcore. Like you just right. talked about with the school board. They coalesce, they got around, here's our candidate, and boom, they picked up the, the, the majority. Can't be mad at them for that when we're running around with our pants on fire. Exactly. There's nothing worse, like you said, than a wishy-washy Republican who, you know, for Bruce to stand up, for our chairman, our party chairman, to stand up and say, you know, vote Republican, go red, endorse Donald Trump, but then five seconds later in the same breath of air, he goes and censors the vice chairman, the vice chairwoman of the uh, Republican Party, because he doesn't want her to have the authority to send out communication to the membership who voted her in as vice chairman. I mean, that's so, absolutely ridiculous. Is there a law that you guys have found that make? You, I mean, you as your as chairman, you can you can silence everybody else under you. No, you cannot. It's not so that, and that's what they're trying to work through. I know the state committee woman and state committee men are like they're Jesse Jesse Phillips and Linda Trostine are very aware of what's going on. Good, um, especially after today when they voted to restore her access to communication, 
And then he, in the same breath, turns around and I think it was through uh, Telegram, blasts a message to the other board member saying that nothing will change. She will remain off of email and that any correspondence that she wants to go uh, to the membership will have to go through him. So it was not what they had agreed upon. It's not what they voted upon. But this is how I know he's being controlled. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really the grassroots organization ran by Robin Siebel that that's in his ear telling him what to do because a a man like Bruce, you and I have met him several times. He's not the type to just take ownership like that and say, I'm going to go against everything that the party's telling me that I have to do. And I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction and disobey and potentially get myself in trouble. He's not one to do that unless he's being instructed. So um, something very weird is going on here. I think a lot of the, even the elected officials are aware of what's, of what's going on. So what's your role in this whole thing um, when it comes to the fight? Cause I know it's something. <laughs> no, actually it's not. I've really taken a backseat to politics, Matt. I've been like yeah. really, you know, it's, it's, it can become so toxic. It and is. Um, really my role in it is just that Kelly supported me through my election. And so I'm going to support her through, her position with the rec. Um, when it comes time to start canvassing again for candidates, I will definitely be out there door knocking. Good. Um, but as far as like the actual like in like the infighting and stuff, I just can't anymore. I had to I had to take a back seat to it. And um I watch from afar. Kelly fills me in on what's going on. And when I feel like there's a need for me to step in, I do. Uh but otherwise I just, you know, I can't do it all day long because it becomes very toxic. Well, you have a lot of power and influence still, which is great. We got to use it because it's embarrassing. We're voting like Orange County, and we're I not know. Orange County. There, I'm. We're surrounded by good conservative people that like being left alone, and then we got this problem going on. Is Ben Ben going to make another run at this thing? I don't think so. I don't think so. But you know, that was another big thing too. Is that Bruce became very obsessed with removing Ben as a member of the rack because he was found guilty of a misdemeanor charge, which the funny thing was I sat in that courtroom while, you know, they read him his verdict and I sat through all the evidence and there was absolutely no evidence that any, that he had done anything wrong. It was all, once again, it was all a ploy to take out the Republican party in Seminole County. They wanted to make Republicans look bad. So they ran this in this case against him. But regardless for the new and coming chairman of the Republican party to make it a sole mission to remove the former chairman as a member of the wreck, I mean, you sound like Joe Biden, dude. Like <laughs> Joe Biden can't stop talking about Donald Trump. And here you are. You can't stop talking about the former chairman. Like yeah. he is everything that he says he's not, you know, like he's, I, I personally think that he's, he's going to cause a lot of trouble for the wreck if we don't remove him. So I'm hoping that we find a way to remove him. <laughs> uh, where can where can people go to get involved and get this thing um, on the right track? Because it, it's the it's the core that that you know is it's like the heart of the county, and it pumps out the blood to all the other little organizations. So if the heart's bad, we got to fix the heart. So how do we do it? So you can go to SeminoleGOP.org. Um, and so that is the official homepage of the Republican Party of Seminole County. Um, and that's where you can go to find all of our upcoming meetings. Um, you can find the email to become a member. Uh, you can find any events that we have going on. But yeah, we really need to grow membership outside of, of this other group that's that has infiltrated us. And so if you are a, a voting Republican in Seminole County, uh, we would love for you to come get involved. Yeah, this is a mess. And I'm not just saying it because of all the history we had. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. I gave the a benefit of the doubt. 
I was as nice as can be. I even donated to him. You know, I donated to the Seminole GOP when he asked for donations. And then, um, and but now I can say without a doubt that I don't trust him. So, can you come back from time to time and give us updates on this? Yes, I would love to. It's always fun. It always turns into half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to. Blonde, uh, Blonde Patriot, Brittany Walker on the show again. Always welcome here. This is always your home as well. I know you've been just thriving it and kicking it and killing it yeah. out there and working so hard, but thank you for caring about my community. I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you for having me on again. It was great chatting with you. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Okay. Sounds good. Have a great night. You too. Goodbye. All right. That'll do it for the show this evening. I tell you what, we've covered it all. When it came to our border talk, right? When we came to the Biden crime family, when it came to the Trump, the Trump jury that He'd say, you didn't rape, you didn't rape, but we're going to find you anyway and find you guilty for $5 million in a, in a lewd and defamation case. I mean, this, this whole thing is upside down, but we ended it on your local level, right? You stay on your local level and you fix that mess first and you work your way up. That's how it's done. I know it sounds exhausting, but go to a meeting, right? And see what these people are doing to your county because you wake up one day and your whole school board is blue for the next four years. How the hell did that happen? Well, we got to get to the bottom of things like that. Instead of complaining about it, we got to get out there and get this stuff done. And now I'm excited to get out there and get it done. But you guys take it easy out there. We'll see you next time on the Matt Buff Show. You stay smart out there. 